0: Thanks, Pastor Paul. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Well, let's just give a, a round of applause for the Lord. Yeah. Amen. Because that's why we're here today. We're here because we're here to, to give honor to the Lord, to, to praise his name, to worship him, to hear from him. And um, what a better way to start my message, which is talking about motives, than to, to think about why we're here. And so... Um first off, Pastor Paul, thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. I really appreciate it. Um I love getting up here and sharing what God has put on my heart and I pray that this message today will, you know, I I hope that you guys can grab something from it. Uh I put it together. I don't know how it's gonna go, but I'm just trusting in the Lord. So um first off, before we start, I just wanna just wanna ask you guys a few questions. Um What is your motive? Why are you here? And what keeps you here? Think about these things. I want you guys to to just think about these questions as I share this message today. And I pray that, uh, that some of the answers that you have will kind of come into light based off of what I'm sharing. So the Lord put this message on my heart about a month ago. I was speaking to my best friend, Brandon, in Milwaukee Teen Challenge. He's the intake coordinator there. We went through the program together. And we were just talking about how grateful we were for where we were at. Um, and just talking about our motives, like what we were thinking prior to coming to Brooklyn or coming to Teen Challenge, and uh, you know what was on our minds, what was on our hearts, and and how things had drastically changed while we were in the program. And as I was thinking about each of our journey, uh, as we were discussing it, um, the Lord put a few passages of Scripture in my heart, and a, a passage of Scripture that came to my mind when I was thinking about motives was in Acts chapter 3, starting in verse 1. So if you guys want to turn to Acts chapter 3, we're going to read. I'm going to read this. Uh, I'm going to read the whole chapter. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just a few verses. And then uh, we're going to get into the crux of this message. So on one day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer. At three in the afternoon. At three in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those who were going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, Look at us. So the man gave them his full attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold. I do not have but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth walk taking him by the right hand he helped him up and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong he jumped up to his feet and began to walk then he went with them into the temple courts walking and jumping and praising God when all the pe- all the, when all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate, called beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to him. Let's pray, Lord. We just thank you for this awesome time that we can get together. We thank you for Wednesday morning chapels, uh, such a special time where we can come together as a, as a brotherhood um, to to worship you, to hear from you, God. To to declare the praises of you, Jesus, who has called us out of darkness and into your marvelous light. I pray, Father, that this word today would go forth, Lord, that it would go on fertile ground, that people would, uh, that the word would would uh, fertilize in their hearts, God, and it would grow into something beautiful. So we thank you, Lord. We love you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. I don't know about you guys, but I like to put myself into Scripture when I read. Um, I know that it's not the I don't know, Pastor Will, I know it's not the, the exegetical way. It's not the right, proper way to, to practice exegesis. But sometimes when I read the stories in the Bible, I like to put myself in the Bible. I, I like to identify with the characters. And I believe that God made the stories in the Bible the way they were so that we could identify with them. You know, you see time and time again different people doing crazy things. And I'm like, Wow. I was just like that person. I felt that way. I'd done things like that. I was selfish in this way. And so I like to put myself in the Bible. And in this passage of scripture, particularly, I, I can see myself as the lame beggar at the, te- at the temple. I identify with him in so many ways. Um, I was a lot like this guy before I came into Teen Challenge. I know that I was a lot like this guy, and I believe that a lot of us in here were like the lame beggar. Um, you know, prior to coming to Teen Challenge... Uh, I was I was in jail, I was uh, I was I broke my my uh, my probation. I was on a probation hold, and my probation officer gave me two ultimatums. She said, "Alex, you can either sit and sit in county jail for six months, or you can go to a program for a year." And I don't know about you guys, but I hate county jail. I didn't want to do the six months, and I I knew about Teen Challenge. My pastors told me about Teen Challenge. Um, I heard about it, my mom spoke about it, and so I was like, all right, well, I'm going to go and try this Teen Challenge thing out, and my motives in that situation were, well, I just need to get out, I need to get out of jail, I need to go, um, whatever that looks like, I just don't want to be locked up anymore, so my beginning motive for coming to Teen Challenge, I'll be honest with you guys, it wasn't because I was trying to really seek the Lord, although I did have, I was a Christian at the time, but my, my greatest motive, and I'll be honest, was just to get out of jail and get into Teen Challenge because I didn't want to be stuck in jail. Can anybody relate with me there? I'm sure a few guys in here can. And so I believe a lot of us were like him. This, this lame beggar, before we got saved, before we had relationship with Jesus, before we experienced the true freedom that came with knowing him. Like the lame beggar, we were often looking for that temporary solution. Temporarily, I was looking to get out of jail. Temporarily, I was looking uh, to get myself out of trouble and to go to so, some other place to get me out of jail, right? Um, so similarly, the money that this man was begging for would only get him through the day, right? He was looking for something temporary. He was asking for silver and gold. He wasn't looking for something eternal. He wasn't looking for a healing. I mean, I'm sure he would like it, but at the time, he was just stuck, right? He was stuck at the beautiful gate. And he would have to repeat this every single day, right? Somebody would either have to take him there and drop him off, or I can imagine he probably crawled. I mean, it was a very uh, wealthy thing that he was doing, begging for money at the beautiful gate. It was a really nice gate. A lot of people would go there, and uh, so he had every reason to be there. His motive was to make money to survive, right? He was in survival mode, a lot like us when we first came to Teen Challenge, survival mode, just trying to get through, just trying to get get to that next place. More than likely, this man, okay, I can identify with a guy like that, right? I remember hustling for money, trying to get me through to the next day. I remember having to depend on other people for a place to stay um, to get me through the night because I was living through my car. I always thought that if I could just get that big, uh, if I could just get uh, enough money to get that dope and to flip it, I could survive, right? Because that was my thinking. I wasn't trying to get something eternal, I was just trying to get something temporary to get me through to the next phase, to get me through to the next fix, to the next whatever. but the lame, the lame beggar was desperate, right? A lot of us were desperate when we came to Teen Challenge. He needed something eternal. He he didn't he and not something temporary, like a lot of you guys who came in here, like myself who came in here. I needed something eternal, but I was looking for something temporary. The crazy thing about this story is, the man was literally outside the temple gate. He was right outside the house of the Lord. You know, he could have asked somebody, just bring me in. Bring me into the temple gates. I need prayer. I need God. I need Yahweh. I need the God of Israel. You know, he heard the stories. I'm sure this man was Jewish, so he he heard the stories about the prophets in the Old Testament. He knew that the power of God was real, and yet he stayed at the temple gate. His motives weren't to go and get healed. His motives weren't to go and seek God. His motives were, I need money. I need to get through to the next day. So... My first point for today, you guys can write this down, is check your heart. Better check yourself before you wreck yourself, right? Amen? So Jesus said in Matthew 6.21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. When we think about our motives and what drives us to do what we do, go where we go, and make decisions, we oftentimes do them because we follow our heart. Uh, I remember a passage of scripture in the book of Jeremiah where Jeremiah says, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. And how many of you guys can say that you've done stupid things because you've decided to make stupid decisions because you follow your heart, right? Well, that girl, she's so cute and I love her and, you know, she's still shooting heroin, but I know I love this girl. I'm going to leave. I'm going to go. I'm going to get out of detox and I'm going to tell her about how great sobriety is. And we follow our heart, and it just we end up getting ourselves into a deeper hole, finding ourselves in deeper trouble, hurting ourselves, looking for that temporary thing, right, because our motives are all whack. But with that being said, guys, we need to check our heart. Although you guys may have come to Teen Challenge because you decided to get off drugs to escape the chaotic life that you were living, some of you need a heart change. The motivating factor when you first came in May have changed because you had that relationship with Jesus Christ and you've encountered him and you want to change and truly seek him and chase after him. That might be the case. But some in here, they're not they're not there yet. They're here because they're just trying to get off drugs, they're just trying to get sober, they're just trying to make mom and dad happy. I get it. Those are bad those aren't bad things. Those aren't bad reasons to be here. But we have to look at where our heart is and and who we're here for rather than what we're here for. And Jesus says where your treasure is, there your heart will be. The treasure for many of us before we came here was, and like thinking in context to Teen Challenge, our treasure that we were looking for when we came here was, number one, freedom from addiction, right? We wanted to get off drugs. A lot of us did. Um, number two, making mom and dad happy. Those are, That's a good reason. I mean, that's a good treasure to come here for, uh, Number three, trying to fix a relationship with your wife. So important. I know a few guys in here, you guys have wives. You came in here because your marriage was struggling. And so your treasure, the treasure that you were looking at for coming into here was to fix that relationship, which is not a bad thing. Getting your kids back in your life or simply because you had nowhere else to go. Those were your motivating factors. Those were the reasons why you came here. Um, You didn't come here to, I mean, some of you guys might have come here to experience Jesus, but a lot of guys, and I know because I've spoken to a lot of you guys before you came in here, a lot of guys can't come in here because they just want to get off drugs. They just want to make mom and dad happy. And those are all good things, like I said before, but the motivation needs to change. We want you guys, while you're here as staff, to restore your relationship with your wife. We want you to make your mom and dad proud. We want you um, to live a life free from addiction, but our primary goal at Brooklyn Teen Challenge is for you guys to have an encounter with Jesus Christ. Our primary goal is for your motives to change. Our primary goal is to have you guys experience the love of the Father so you could be free from addiction, truly free from the bondage of sin and death. We want your motives to change. We want you guys to be delivered. Instead of a temporary fix, guys, we want you to have an eternal solution. But it all begins with checking your hearts. You know, when Jesus was speaking in Matthew 6 about treasure, he said in verse 19 that we shouldn't store up our treasures here on earth where moth and rust can destroy, but to store up our treasures in heaven. In light of this message, thinking about what our motives are, I want you guys to think about your treasure and what you treasure most here at Teen Challenge. Aside from the incredible food that we get to eat every single day instead of the 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 luxurious living conditions that we have and the space that we have and you know the bedroom situations aside from all those amazing things that we have here at brooklyn teen challenge i want you guys to really think about what is it that you treasure most about being here a lot of men who come through the door they lose sight they lose sight of why they came here in the first place Instead of treasuring the amazing teaching from Pastor Winston, who provides morning classes for everyone, uh, the powerful chapels that we have every uh, two days out of the week, and the breakthrough moments and revelation that we have through our prayer and devotion time, a lot of guys focus on the months they've got clean, and, uh, and, and they feel like they're ready to move on. They feel like they, they focus on the bad and the negative rather than the good, and their motives get all twisted. You know, a lot of guys come in here, and uh, they start to gain a little weight. They start feeling good. You know, 90 days into the program, and their and their mind and their and their motives change. You know, they start talking to their wives. Their wives say, "Hey, you know, we want you back home again. We really miss you." La da da da, and they end up leaving the program, completely missing out on what we're trying to share with you guys. Completely missing out on the whole point of Brooklyn Teen Challenge. Other guys, they focus on the imperfections of the program, the staff that lead them. And the gratitude they once had when they first came into the program, they lose it. Because no one else would take them in. Everything that, everything that they learn here goes out of the window because they go away from that place of searching after God to a place of ungratitude. But we're just trying to teach you guys how to deal with difficult people and difficult situations. Amen? So, guys, we have to check our hearts. We must not forget why we're here and what the, motiva- the motivation for us is to be here, for us to stay. The lame man was begging for money. He never forgot what happened that day that he met Peter and John. It says that he was leaping and jumping for joy and praising God. We need to be like that lame beggar. We need... We should be leaping and jumping for joy because Jesus healed us from our broken past. He healed us from our mess and is working in and through our lives each and every single day, healing us and forgiving us and setting us free. We're no longer that person that we were when we first came in. So we need to be joyful that we're here instead of bitter. We need to be excited about what God is doing in our lives while we're here, not focusing on the bad things but focusing on the good. We have to check our hearts, guys, right? This leads me to my second point. Remain grateful. Such a great segue. Check your heart. Remain grateful. We have to remain grateful. I know in uh, in recovery, there's this term that goes, "Have an attitude of gratitude." And I know a lot of you guys have heard it. I've shared it with you guys before. But having an attitude of gratitude is life-transforming. It changes everything. It changes your perspective. It changes how you see things. It changes how you feel. It will tra- it will literally change the trajectory of your life in a positive way if you let it. But in contrast, a poor attitude can change the direction of your life in a negative way. I know we don't have any negative guys in here. I know everybody here has got great attitudes, and everybody's always happy to be here. They're excited about going on walk. They're excited about going selling water and fundraising, and 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 being stuck in a room with six guys. I know you guys are excited, but I maybe maybe I'm speaking to someone on Facebook Live right now. But we have to have a a great attitude. And as I was thinking about attitude of gratitude and ungratefulness and and stuff, I was thinking about a story, uh, about a character in the Bible um, that I don't really often hear too much about. I mean, I've heard a lot of messages, but I was thinking about this. Um, The guy with the bad attitude was Judas, right? Judas Iscariot, the guy that betrayed Jesus. Everybody knows him. He's famous. He's a jerk. No one likes him. Um, He was handpicked by Jesus to be one of the original twelve disciples, Jesus saw something in this guy. He said, "Hey, please follow me," and the guy decided to do it. And Jesus gave him a great responsibility. He was the treasurer. He was in charge of the money. I mean, God, Jesus is God, so I mean, he he knows all things, right? So I thought it was kind of ironic. He like this guy who was such a bad guy. He made him the treasurer. <laughs> like, <laughs> he gives people chances, right? You know, just like God gave us a chance when we came here. <laughs> but that's, that's crazy. He's the, he's the money, he's the, he's the guy in charge of the money, but he's also a jerk. But I don't think he was always like that. I don't think his motives were always whack, right? And so there's a story in the book of John, and I'm just going to kind of talk about, first I want to discuss his like negative part, and then kind of hopefully give some light to him. Um, so there's a story in the book of John, Jesus is having dinner with his disciples in Bethany, Six days before the Passover, you guys know the story. Jesus is eating. Mary comes up. She's all on fire for Jesus. She loves him. She she's got the expensive perfume, the nard. Uh, it was worth like a year's worth of wage. It's a lot of money, and she was so in love with Jesus. She was so excited for him to be there that she 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 broke the jar on him, and she was crying and she was wiping up her you know she was wiping up his feet with her hair. I mean, his nasty feet. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? He was walking around with sandals, and he had, like, a whole cake of dirt under his feet. And she understood who she was with. She knew that it was Jesus. She knew that it was the Son of God. She loved him. And Judas is watching, and he's like, are you kidding me? That was a year's worth of wage, and you just wasted it. And he, like, he like talks to Jesus. He's like, are, like you guys, could we could have sold this perfume, and we could have given it to the poor, and all this other stuff. And then you know the scripture also says that in his heart he really didn't want to give it to the poor. His motives were whack. you know he was just fo- he was probably upset because they could have sold it and he could have stolen more money from because it says in the word that he was stealing money uh, from the treasury. He, he was in charge of it, he was stealing, he was plotting. The dude was just a grimy guy. <laughs> but his motives were whack. He was a disciple. He was one of the first 12. One of the goats, right? The greatest of all time. Those, the, the guys that we look at, right? As these, these, these men who are so uh, men of valor, right? And Jesus chose him, and yet he, in his heart, had this whole other motive. You know, eventually we know that he goes and he betrays Jesus, and he ends up m- killing himself because of it. But um, but I want to focus on another part of this story with Judas, because I don't think Judas was always bad, right? I mean, it does, I don't, we don't know much about Judas other than what it says in Scripture. And it, the Scripture doesn't really give him a good name. And I'm not trying to, like, vouch for him. I'm not his boy or anything. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm not related to him. But, but I do want to kind of think about it this way and kind of fill in the gap for you guys. So Jesus chose this man to be one of the 12. So there was something about this guy that Jesus saw in him other than the fact that he was going to betray him. <laughs> but G- but Judas made the decision to follow Jesus. Jesus didn't force anybody to follow him. He always said, come follow me, but he gave people a choice. He wasn't forcing them to follow them. They had an option, and Judas had an option to follow Jesus. At first, I'm sure that he was on fire. He's like... Man, I see this guy performing miracles. He's feeding people. He's healing people. The, the lame are walking. The blind are seeing. The deaf are hearing. This is crazy. Who is this dude Jesus? He's, he, surely this guy must be the son of God. And he was willing to give up everything to serve Jesus. I mean, we all know that the life of the disciple was not an easy one. The calling that, that Jesus had on his 12 were not easy. I mean, we look at the stories of Jesus and you could just you could look at every story and see, like, this, this must have been hard. But I feel like there was a heart change that happened in, in Judas. I feel like his attitude of gratitude for knowing the Son of God changed from being grateful and being excited for what God was doing to being bitter and angry and looking at everything in a negative light. Um, going back to the life of a disciple, you know, we, we, we see Jesus being thrown out of towns, being rejected, being called blasphemous—I mean, these guys were eating grain on the Sabbath, and they were—they were—they were called blasphemers because they were doing work and la da da, and all these different things. Jesus was a radical guy, and people hated him. The religious leaders hated him. So, can you imagine what it was like to be one of the twelve? How hard it was. They didn't have anywhere to sleep really. They didn't have a lot of food. I mean, it wasn't like Jesus was performing miracle after miracle. He's like, you know what? You guys are hungry. I'm hungry too. Let's just grab a fish. <laughs> you know, Jesus wasn't like that, I don't, I don't think Jesus was just, you know, you guys thirsty, pow, you know, like a genie, no, Jesus was not doing that, and so it was a hard life, you know, Jesus sent the 72 out, you guys remember that, he said, don't, uh, don't bring anything with you, don't bring any water, don't bring any food, just bring the cloak that you have, and just go, and if people reject you, dust your, dust your uh, sandals off, right, you guys remember that story, so it was not easy, these guys were hard, like Jesus tell them to do all these crazy things, and I could see Jesus or Judas being like, Wow, dude, this guy's really gonna make us do that again? Starting getting that, that bitter attitude, right? And I know there's nobody in this room like that, right? <laughs> nobody in this room is like that. Oh, they're gonna make us go on walk again. Ugh. Dang it, have to raise money for the ministry. Ugh, that sucks. I'm not doing that. That sucks. Or <laughs> amen. Or, uh, oh, we have to move to Rockaway. We've moved three times in a year. This is so hard. You know, you're so desperate to get into this program because you're broken and your life is in shambles. You have nowhere to go. You have no food. your, Your family wants nothing to do with you and yet we take you in and you're 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 so grateful in the beginning but then your heart changes just like Judas right Judas's heart which i'm not saying anybody in here is Judas I'm not, please don't get that twisted um, but I, I feel like a lot of us can and i've i've personally have been there Yeah, i've been there where i've where i've looked at things like oh i can't believe we're doing this again oh it sucks this is hard this is this is this is difficult to deal with so i believe that Judas started to develop this bad attitude because of everything that was going on. I mean, one thing after another after another. Hardship after hardship. Rocks were being thrown. Names were being called. Rejection. You know, people were looking at them like they were nuts. Like, this guy says he's the son of God? You guys are, you guys are a cult. And that's what they were thinking. These, you guys are a cult. you got to think about it in, in modern times. So Judas let the, the present struggles... That he was de- in the in the troubles that he was dealing with. Blind him from who Jesus was. He knew who Jesus was. He saw he saw the miracles. He walked with him. He was with him all the time. But he let the I believe he let the circumstances blind him from seeing Jesus for who he really was. He didn't have an attitude of gratitude. And nevertheless, despite his reasoning, we know what happened. His motives changed drastically. He started off on fire, I'm sure. His motives changed, and he was the one who betrayed Jesus. Friends, trust me when I say this. An attitude of gratitude is essential for your recovery and for your spiritual well-being. An attitude of gratitude is essential for your spiritual growth and spiritual well-being. Amen. If you remain grateful in the program, I can guarantee it. You guys will, re- you guys will see breakthrough. The breakthrough that you're looking for. If you re- remain grateful, you will finish the program and be- become successful in the years to come. But you got to have that attitude of gratitude. It begins with being grateful, because if you're stuck in bitter, if you're stuck at looking at the negative, if the cla- the glass is always half empty, you're never you're never gonna see the true beauty of what God is trying to show you. He's never you're never gonna look at the the lesson and the plan that God has for you in that current moment. In that current moment. So I asked you guys three questions earlier. What is your motive? Why are you here? And what keeps you here? And I wonder if Jesus asked the 12 disciples those same questions. Although scripture doesn't clarify it at all, I I believe that Jesus had so many reasons to ask them these questions. You know, they're walking together. They're fighting. They're arguing all the time. You know, knucklehead, 12 disciples. He says, what's your motive? Why are you here? What is keeping you here with me? Another story that comes to mind guys is this, this, uh, is the story this is the story of uh, the story in the Bible, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, um, you know they're, they're with Jesus, they, they come to Jesus and uh, it's in Mark chapter 10 35 through45 and they approach Jesus and they ask him they said, uh, "Is it okay if we – is it okay if um?" We sit at your right and at your left. And I I believe that they believed that Jesus was going to overthrow the Roman Empire. They believed that Jesus was going to, you know, he was going to bring the kingdom. They they were looking at it as a a physical kingdom, as a kingdom that he was going to bring on earth. He was going to overflow the Roman Empire. And so they were asking him for a position. They wanted to know if if they could be either at his left or at his right. And they were so focused on power and authority and about being in great positions, they lost sight of who Jesus was. So this brings me to my third point, my third and final point and I want to leave with you guys today, and it says, "In my, my third and final point is, keep your focus on Jesus. Such a simple point, but such an important point. Keep your focus on Jesus. Jesus tells them they didn't know what they were talking about when they, when they asked him. They, they approached him. They wanted positions of power. They wanted to be great amongst the others um, when Jesus... When he, when he overthrew the Roman Empire. And Jesus said, you don't know what you're talking about. This is not the kingdom that I'm trying to build. This isn't, the, this isn't the, the, the direction that I'm trying to go. He says, the least of you will become great, and the first will become slave of all. It was a paradox that Jesus was trying to teach them. And I believe some guys come through the program, and are, they're a lot like James and John, right? They graduate the program. They make a decision to sign up for an internship, but only for the purpose of seeking power and authority rather than becoming, be following the calling of God, right? They're looking for that position. Maybe they start out on fire for Jesus. Maybe they're ready to serve and minister the gospel to the students, right? This is for my interns and staff. Students, you're chill. <laughs> Unless you're a senior student or you get to third phase and you're like, oh, well, I'm a third phase. I got to grim my beard out and I got my cell phone. But, but somewhere along the lines... They end up looking for something greater. They look for a greater position and they forget why they signed up in the first place. Amen? Whatever the situation may be, the focus went from Jesus to position. It went from the gospel to what can I get? How can I get there? How can I be the best? How can I be the greatest? How can the students look at me as this, right? Or how can the other, the lesser, um, the second and the first students look at me like this, right? It went from serving to authority, right? You know, I've been guilty with this myself. I've had to refocus myself on Jesus. I've been focused on position, like, oh, I'm the intake coordinator. I have a title, you know? And my focus, my motives weren't about ministering the gospel or about correcting or or teaching or admonishing as the word says to, but it was like, well, hey, you have to listen to me because this is who I am. And my focus wasn't on Jesus or doing the things of of God. My focus was on well, I need to be this authoritative figure, right? Like James and John. Mm. Amen? Amen. If we want to keep Jesus the motivation for us to be here, we will see breakthrough. We will see the change and transformation that we need. We won't ever have to look for a position of power because Jesus will position us. Jesus will empower us. If we keep our focus on Jesus, he puts us in that place of authority. The lame beggar was at the beautiful gate with the only intention of asking for money. He wasn't looking to be healed. He, was only lo- he wasn't looking for Jesus. He wasn't looking for an eternal solution. He wasn't looking for salvation. The lame beggar was just looking for money. He was looking for silver and gold. He was looking for something temporary. He wasn't looking for anything eternal, right? But he, he ended up meeting Peter and John, and his motives changed. Nothing would be the same for him ever again. He encountered Jesus, he received Christ, he was healed, he was restored. He need, he didn't have to be stuck at the gate begging for people anymore. He didn't have to, to crawl to get to where he was going. He didn't have to depend on anybody to get him from point A to point B, like we did when we were in our mess. I needed to depend on this girl to help me live, or I needed to depend on this person so I could sleep on their couch, or I got to do this, I got to do that, hurting everybody, destroying everything in our path. But this man had an encounter with Jesus. He was restored. He was healed. You know, the greatest miracle, the, 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 this whole story with, with this guy at the at the gate, he was healed. That's incredible. That's good. That's awesome. You know, a lot of us come into the teen challenge and we get healed. We we stop, you know, we have a, maybe an uncurable disease and God heals us. Or, you know, we're we're hurting and we don't think we're ever gonna get out of an addiction. And God heals us. We, we're here. But the greatest miracle of all time is salvation, is forgiveness of sins. And this man, I know that they didn't do, like, some crazy altar call. You know, if you read the story, um, they healed the guy. He was jumping. He was leaping. And then after that, he just kind of left. And then you don't hear anything about him ever again. But he, he encountered Christ. And, and Jesus changed his life and transformed his life forever. He was leaping, he was jumping, and he was praising God. So as the worship team comes up, I'm gonna I'm gonna close with a few words. It's a short message, guys. I hope you guys receive something good today. Amen. But I just want you guys to think about those questions. And the first question is, what are your motives today? What brought you to this place, guys? What brought you to Brooklyn Teen Challenge? And why are you staying here? Are you, are you staying here because your family won't let you back? Are you staying here because you've got nowhere else to go? Are you here at Brooklyn Teen Challenge today because... You just want to get off drugs. I mean, that, that's a good; those are good reasons. But I want you guys to think of the, the greatest motive for being here, and, and I pray, and I pray that all of you guys in here—the students, the staff, whatever—you guys encounter Jesus and experience Jesus. Because getting off the drugs is great, but it, the greatest thing is having that relationship with Jesus, being able to communicate with the Father through Christ because if you don't if you come through this program and you, you just go through the motions and you're and you're focused on well I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to stay sober, I'm going to stop doing drugs, but I'm going to go and sleep with this person or I'm just going to I'm going to stop using heroin, but I'm going to go out and I'm going to drink and my motives are all twisted and you know I can go to church on Sunday but I'll be fine the rest of the week. I can smoke cigarettes. It's okay. You know, I can't wait to have my first cigarette when I get out of this place. These guys are crazy then you've got it all wrong. You wasted your time. You didn't waste our time. You wasted your time because your motives were in the wrong place. So my prayer for you guys today, if you leave with anything here, if you can look at the stories that I shared and just think about the the beggar, is you might be here because you're begging for something temporary. You might be here because you're begging for silver and gold, that, etern- that that temporary fix, that temporary solution to an eternal problem that you need dealt with. My, my prayer for you guys today is that you would truly grab a hold of Jesus, like the Mission Impossible song. It might be Mission Impossible, but anything is possible with God. And so you guys can stand. I, I want to